Today on Pilot's Discretion, we're joined by Christopher and Kim from the Baron Pilot YouTube channel. They talk about learning to fly while hundreds of thousands of fans watch, flying business jets, and life as an influencer. Pilot's Discretion starts right now. Welcome, pilots. I'm your host, John Zimmerman of Sporties, and thanks for listening. Three reminders as we get started. You can find show links and archives at sporties.com slash podcast. You can email comments and guest ideas to podcast at sporties.com, and you can leave a review in your favorite podcast app to help other pilots find the show. Today, I am joined in the studio by two guests who are well-known on YouTube, Christopher and Kim, the pilots behind the popular Baron Pilot channel. He is an ATP who, in addition to flying that Baron all over the U.S., has type ratings in Cessna Citations and the Lear 60. She is a private pilot in training, working on her flight training right here at Sporties. Kim and Christopher, welcome to Pilot's Discretion. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you yes. for having us. Kim, you did a very brave thing this summer uh, when you learned to fly, and you let Christopher over here record the whole thing and share it on YouTube. We'll link to that series, obviously, in the description for the show. And you can see, to me, what's been surprising, heartening, is the response has been amazing. Uh, the interest, the comments, and that definitely is not guaranteed on YouTube. So were you worried about putting yourself out there? So 100%. Um, we kind of knew ahead of time that this is what we were planning on doing. Um, I've now, for the past four almost five years, been in front of the camera in the plane. So that's that wasn't really going to be the issue. It was training. Um, everybody's expectations of me training is so high. Um, well, you've had four years in the Baron. You should know everything. You should just zip right by, and this shouldn't be an issue. And I knew that that wasn't going to be the case. Um, of course, I am very negative on myself, but I knew that flying the twin is nothing like flying a single high wing in, in addition to that. So I was very nervous about training itself. And then I didn't want this series to become something that scared people away from aviation. Um, I already know that I can be very outward of my emotions, and I knew this coming into this, and that was more the hesitation is, is this going to scare too many people away from aviation versus showing them that you can be scared and still succeed? You mentioned the time in the Baron, and I'm sure parts of that helped parts of that probably hurt. I've heard from other people who are longtime passengers and learn to fly that they're very comfortable looking at the panel and that sometimes that first few steep turns, the instructor has to say, get your head out of the cockpit, look out the window because you're more comfortable looking at the instruments. Was anything like that happened to you? I definitely learned IFR before VFR, which you hear me say a lot in the series. Um, I also am learning in the right seat in the Baron, so I'm looking to the left, looking at all the instruments versus looking out. Uh, that is definitely a downside. Another downside is, again, learning on the right seat and learning with the power in my left hand and the yoke in my right. And now when I'm in the Cessna, actually, I've tried to handle the yoke in my right hand, and I just feel like it's wrong. It's completely wrong. It's It's unnatural. And so I immediately switch back to my left hand. Um, I tried not to learn too much of the power settings of the Baron because it is completely different. 
so that I wouldn't confuse myself. I get hyper-focused on very specific numbers or settings, and I didn't want to learn that way in the barren and then make myself fail in the single. Christopher, a lot of listeners to this show will be pilots. Maybe they have a prospective pilot in their family or a friend. A lot of pilots end up becoming unofficial mentors. So from your standpoint, a longtime pilot watching this unfold, what is your advice to someone who is mentoring an up-and-coming pilot? What can you do to help or sometimes just stay out of the way? I think the biggest advice I would I'd give anybody is, you know, you – You've got to, when you're mentoring somebody, it needs to happen at their pace. With Kim, you know, I've been mentoring Kim for four years now. And it, it started off with her sitting in the airplane, sitting in the right seat and touching nothing. Looking around and just everything was very intimidating. And then over time, slowly getting her involved. And it was, you know, it was a slow process at whatever pace she was ready for. I'm like, hey, you want to talk in comms? Nope. Okay. Hey, can you just type this little frequency in for me when they call it out? Nope. Okay. And then slowly over time, it became a, okay, yeah, I'll put that frequency in. You want to talk on comms? Nope. Okay, not a problem. And over time, that evolved, right? And so I think the first step is just getting them involved in the, you know, in the any aspect of flying, whatever aspect that may be that interests them, whether it be communications, whether it be pre-flighting, whether, you know, what it, flight planning, whatever it may be. And then, um, and then going from there, and like I said, letting them, letting it be at their pace. And then the transition from, from them, you mentoring them to them actually learning, I think that is very dependent on your relationship. I think, um, you know, if it's a significant other, I'd, I'd probably recommend doing your best to stay out of it. Um, you know, that's one of the things with, with her training is, I found, and you know, instinctively, I want to help, right? That's that's what I do. I'm a helper. Like I want to anything I can, and I found that often the best thing I can do is not help, even if she comes to me for help. Sometimes it's no, you go talk to your instructor. You know, like I'm here to mentor you. I'm, help, I'm here to to boost you up, but sometimes, you know, they kind of need to go through that process. It's like you know anything else with a child. Like you, they need to learn to fail. And, and so I guess really the best answer to your question as I'm saying this out loud is as a mentor, don't be afraid to let let your the person you're mentoring fail. Yeah, Because we learn more from our, our failures than we ever do from our accomplishments. Great advice. Hard to follow sometimes when you're, when you're kind of going through that experience with somebody you care about, but, but great advice. And Kim, he mentioned the, the flight instructor part of it, which watching a little bit from the outside, what's been great for me to watch is how you really – have this really productive relationship with your flight instructor. You have kind of gelled as a unit, uh, so to speak, a, a flight crew, really, although not in the traditional airline sense. How do you do that? Obviously, some of that's personality, but I know that's an area where a lot of new pilots, are they're worried about it, they're stressed about it. How do you get that good working relationship with your instructor? So Matt and I had very, I guess, different personalities. Um, Matt is very much an instructor, and he thought, again, with the expectation of everybody else, that I was going to come in with so much knowledge and skill that he was going to have to have minimal type of instructing. And then he realized, nope, that's not like I have to teach her differently, and she's going to be a difficult student, and um, I, I have to change how I teach her. 
Um, and that's really a good instructor, knowing that you have to change how to teach somebody and not just beat a dead horse over and over again with the same sentence and expecting a different result. You're not going to get it. I also realized how I needed to be as a student to respect him as an instructor and go, okay, he likes this. He prefers this. That's not how I do things. But this is my instructor, and that's how I have to be as a student. Um, after he and I got our understanding and respect of each other and in, in how we're supposed to act in the cockpit, then everything just started gelling, like you said. Uh, we get along really well. He makes it so that you're not being taught it's, it's very much a relaxed um, cockpit CRM. It's very, very relaxed. And a lot of people can criticize that type of thing because they're like, well, there, she's not training and he's not teaching her. And that's not how lessons are supposed to go. But that's how I learn the best. Therefore, that's what he's continued to do. Um, and I think that Christopher is in part the reason doing that is because over the four years, how have I learned by talking, by by having conversations about things, not just going, okay, put your power in, do this, and then just being a monkey and, and doing that. I think one of the things with the series that, that really shows, if you for those who, who actually follow the series from from start to finish, is exactly what Kim's talking about. Is you, if you actually pay attention in the beginning of the series, you see that there's they're not gelling per se. It's not horrible. I mean, tension? it's it's. I wouldn't even say tension. I would just say it's. It's just their styles are not necessarily in sync yet. And but that's the the beauty is a few things in this series that I wanted to to get across when when I started the series. And one, of course, is the mental side of learning to fly. Right. It's not the, the series isn't to teach you how to fly. You got sporties videos for that. It's how I learned to fly. Right. The sporties videos. But um, but it was the other side of it, the mental side of it. And in the beginning of the series, you can see that they just weren't quite in sync. His style is a little different to hers. And, you know, who's who's going to, you know, change to adapt to who. And as the series continues, you start to see them gelling and it changes from from that to something that's actually fantastic. And and um, as the series goes through, you can see their relationship the bond getting stronger and stronger as a as a flight instructor and a student, um, I'd say almost textbook of what you would really want uh, better than any flight instructor student relationship I've ever had in my entire career. Um, I'm quite jealous of it to be honest with you, but that's that was the beauty of it, and you got to see that process, or you get to see the process, you know, as it still is continuing. And um, so, yeah, there definitely was was an. Uh, some adapting that that took place. Yeah, I think like like any good relationship, communication is a key part of it. And sometimes pilots view it almost as like a customer relationship. And I think really it, it's that learner, you know, uh, instructor relationship is a different way to view it. And I think that's what has been great to watch. I know uh, I've enjoyed watching that that growth. I've enjoyed watching that other side of training as you as you've described it. What what has surprised you, Christopher? Somebody who's done a lot of work in the in the YouTube video world. This is different from what you typically do. Uh, related, but a, a different approach. What surprised you about this series as you've gotten into it? I think it's been a few things. One is the overwhelming support that you know, as as a YouTuber, you know, I've put a lot of videos out there over over the years, and I've seen all kinds of comments. 
and critiques. And um, it's one of the reasons why I started posting the jet videos is because, you know, there you know the, the Monday night quarterbacks, if you will, were letting me know how inexperienced I was. And so, you know, I was some of it was kind of a jab at some of those like, okay, here, let me just release a little video since this is your opinion. Um, but that wasn't the case. I, I have to say I was pleasantly surprised how overwhelmingly positive and comforting the comments have been. And they've, people have been nothing but supportive and, um, and, and they've become loyal to watching the series instead of just the, oh, okay, you watched the video, okay, and then moved on. I was like, no, I want to see this story unfold. I want to see more and more. And um, in fact, just this morning, we released the um, the solo video, and even the very first few comments, you know, people making reference to them being in tears hmm. because they're that committed to the storyline that I'm drawing emotion out of people. I say I, I as the producer editor it's, it's kim's the one drawing the emotion out of them i'm just the tool no pun intended or maybe a little pun <laughs> that's bringing the story out but um so for me that's probably been the most shocking and overwhelming but i can also say that this series is the first time that i've ever been excited of all the videos i've released on baron pilot i've never been excited about them i've never really been happy with the product i've put out um both in quality and it was never really storytelling and this is the first time that I've got to to tell a story within aviation, and um, and I've loved it, and I've gotten you know I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed the process. It's been a little weird being the outsider, but that's also what's allowed me to make this series is not being in the videos, is being the outsider, which has kept it so authentic. And you know that's why everything you see in in the series is a hundred percent real. Nothing is is um, embellished in any way. It's it's legit. She hasn't even watched a single video yet because she doesn't want to affect affect the 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 process and the production. Is that advice you would give to other people who are uh, being recorded during flight training? Don't watch it. I watch a little bit of the flight training um, when I'm actually uploading the footage. I will glance at it because, especially when I was doing um, all the like maneuver training, I want to know what I was doing wrong, where I want to physically see it. Because thinking back on it, I'm going, I'm so overwhelmed. I don't even know what day it is, what hour it is, let alone what I did wrong. So I would watch the footage and kind of look back on it and go, oh, okay, Matt did actually say what I swore that he didn't tell me to do. Or why did I not do this? Or how could I do it better? And how can I actually succeed in doing that maneuver or landing or whatever it was? So I would watch a little bit like that. Other than that, any of the debriefs I did not revisit. I didn't watch anything that Matt wanted to um, disclose about my flight training because, again, that's that makes me start to go, oh, okay, well, he doesn't like this, so let me change this. And it's just – it's literally just raw. Um, any footage that Christopher has put in the videos, I have not watched the videos to even see because – as I'm still finishing my flight training, I'm trying to focus on the road ahead and not what I felt before and how all that was. I'm trying to just get done what I'm doing and then be able to experience that all over again and go, okay, look, now here's from start to finish me completing the whole thing. Well, maybe in a couple months you can take a deep breath and watch the whole thing and 
relive it all over again. Like I hope so. I hope so. It's definitely, um, even when he talks about it, I'm like, ah, oh, I'm getting that feeling back. Or, you know, I remember the first solo day that took four days to complete because the weather kept going bad and bad and bad. And it just, you know, it's, it's a lot. So I'm excited to relive that from start to finish. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to, to her watching this. Like, it's so weird because she's always watched everything. Like, when I, before I would release any Baron pilot video when we are in the Baron, I'd edit the video and I would have her look at it and she'd critique it or, you know, change this or change that or she'd catch something that I didn't catch because, you know, you're you're watching it hours and hours and days of, of editing and sometimes you just don't see things. And so I need a fresh look. And so she hasn't seen, she hasn't done any of that and so I'm just releasing it on my own. And so I'm really looking forward to her watching it because I want her feedback, which is always that self-critique, but I want her to get past that because of the storytelling aspect of it, that I'm really looking forward to hearing what, what she thinks about it. But unfortunately, you know, I've got to wait longer than everyone else does <laughs> because she's not going to watch it now. But Let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to ask you about flying that Baron around. Earn your pilot's license, get current, or add a rating. No matter what your goal is, Sporty's pilot training app will save you time and money. It's available on all your devices, including iPad, iPhone, Android, and smart TVs, so you can access Sporty's award-winning courses anywhere. Plus, with up-to-date sync between platforms and free lifetime updates, you'll always be up-to-date. Over 25 courses are available, from private pilot to aerobatics. Visit sporties.com slash discover for a free trial. Now, back to pilot's discretion. We are back with the dynamic duo that is the Baron Pilot Channel. So let's talk about flying that Baron, Christopher. I know that you partly use that airplane to commute for work, and so you're flying missions where you kind of need to be somewhere uh, on a on a time schedule. Um, it's a great airplane, but there's always that balance between completing the mission and maintaining safety. So I'm interested from your standpoint, both as a someone who flies that airplane for transportation and also a lot of times on video, how do you manage that balance? Yeah, you know the Baron is a, a fantastic. GA airplane for just that, for for completing the missions that that need to happen. Now, just like with any airplane, there's no airplane can complete every mission because, you know, Mother Nature is, you know, she's the ruler. Um, so with that being said, um, I do have all the tools available to me that the Baron offers that, let's say my previous airplane, which I had a Mooney before, didn't, which is, air, you know, airborne radar. Um, I have a radar altimeter. You know, there's a lot of little things in that airplane that allow me to uh, accomplish the m most missions. And so I've been very fortunate with that. Now, with that being said, the way I approach it, because I do use the airplane for work, I have to be at work. It's not an option. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not the, the big shot at, at work. So there is no get out of jail free card. Um, so for me, it begins with, with um, you know, watching the weather, flight planning and always having that plan B and C backed up. Um, often, the, you know, plan B might be, okay, well, I can't, you know, can I at least get close? If I can get close, then I can always hop in an Uber or rent a car and go the rest of the way. Um, is the weather so bad that that's not even going to be an option? And the majority of the time, um, the, you know, I always give myself an entire day as well 
to to travel. So typically for me, like a tra uh, travel day would be a Tuesday. So I don't have to be at work till Wednesday. So I've got all day Tuesday just to travel. I got a hotel waiting for me. So if I think there's any chance of this weather going to be bad, then I'm going to get up to crack of dawn on Tuesday and just head up and be like, all right, I got a, a day off out of town that I'll, you know, be just hanging out doing whatever. Um, I try not not to push it. And at the end of the day, if I have to get in a car and drive because the weather is bad, then I get in the car and drive. You know, the old saying is true. You know, it's better to be on the ground wishing you're in the air than in the air wishing you were on the ground. And um, and that, that just holds true. And so I, I view myself, you know, the videos may not may not show it unless you really pay attention to it, but I don't push weather. Um, living in, in Florida, we deal with weather a lot. But if you watch the weather, particularly the weather series, um, I fly around weather. I don't fly through weather. Uh, I use all those tools. I use the ADSB weather coming in. I use the airborne uh, radar to help me get around the weather, not through the weather. And so more often than not, that's, you know, I'm VMC majority of time um, dealing with weather. Yeah. I always tell people, well, you get your instrument rating and you realize it allows you to fly a lot of flights in VMC. You punch through a thin layer and then you're on top and all you're doing is avoiding the clouds even though you're IFR. So it's a, it's a great way to travel. Now, how about in jets? Because you mentioned earlier you do some flying in jets and you've got some of those videos on your channel. How does your decision-making change there where you're flying an airplane with tons of performance and maybe more options? I would say it doesn't change. Um, I still have the same mentality. Now, what those levels of that are acceptable, that changes, right? Because you're you're in an airplane that that is designed to be able to handle a lot a lot more and deal with a lot more. But with that being said, um, I still fly exactly the same way. You know, if there's a little bit of a of a buildup in front of me and I can go around it, you know, just circle around it, I'm gonna go around it and not put myself, the airplane or the passengers through a little buildup, even if I know it's it's not a dangerous buildup, it's just going to be an uncomfortable buildup. And so, um, you know, I will I will do whatever I can to keep the same thing, you know, VMC, um, you know, out of any any sort of weather. In the jet, you can find holes. I'm a little more comfortable finding holes in weather to get through. The same process is true, though. Like if I if I've got red on the radar, there's a good chance I'm not going through it unless I have some sort of knowledge or reassurance that it's it's okay um but it generally like i said my my opinion doesn't change my you know it's just a different level that's all now let's talk about youtube in general and how you use those airplanes something you're experts at kim i'm particularly interested for you what do you think the role of youtube for passengers can be because YouTube has been, I think, a great thing for general aviation. It's sort of shown a light on an area that a lot of people don't understand. So do you think it can help put maybe passengers who are a little nervous at ease or is it overwhelming in cases? So I absolutely think that it can help people understand what it's like to be in a small general aviation plane or just in a plane in general. Um, it shows that you cannot like flying in a plane, but go to a fun place like the Bahamas. Um, you have to suffer through the flight and realize that there's a fun place at the end and realize that it's not that bad, especially if you have a pilot that will go around buildups like we've talked about before, rather than just go through them and make it more stressful on that person. 
Um, it shows what it's like to be in um, the right seat. It shows that there's things that you can do to enjoy yourself in a plane instead of just sit and and go to sleep or or look out and feel like you're forever away from the ground or you know there a lot of people are scared of heights but realize that when they get in a plane it's not like that it's different there's a lot more to flying than people realize and i think youtube shows that with with how families can get up in a, in a plane and, and go yeah we actually had um like tiger and and his wife um, not Tiger Woods for the record. Don't get excited there. <laughs> <laughs> Although if you're listening to Tiger Woods, I'll take you flying anytime you want. Um, but um, his wife was scared to death of flying. And so um, she actually watched the videos and she's like, well, if this is as bad as it gets, okay, then, you know, I think I can do this. And she now flies with her husband um, because of watching um, the videos on the channel. And which is the whole point of me doing videos. It's a promote aviation. It's not self-promotion. So yeah, it's, I, I think um, Kim hits hits the nail on the head, 100%. It it can definitely help the passengers um, just have an expectation of what, what it's like and what's to come. I've got to work with a number of YouTube creators over the years, and my guess is most subscribers have no idea how much work goes into the average video. I've seen this firsthand. It's unbelievable. So no modesty here. How much time in preparation, editing, polishing goes into each? If you've got a 15-minute episode that's going to go live, how much time goes into that 15 minutes? It's a full-time job. I mean, it, it is. You know, guys like, like Flight Chops, I'm envious of because um, he's made it his career, and he, this is his, his living. And I, I, don't, I need to learn what the secret is, financially speaking, but, um, but it, it's a full-time job. And so, uh, not to beat around the bush with your question, but it basically it's it ends up being about a week's worth of work to to release a video. Um, by the time you you know obviously shooting it is is real time, so that assuming it's just a flight video, right? Um, but even then, you know you're getting up to the airplane beforehand, so you might spend you thirty minutes prepping the airplane. Then you've got to get everything out of the airplane. Then if you're going to shoot any B roll, there's that time. But putting production aside. Just transferring the footage. I mean, we have seven cameras, so if you do the math, I mean, you actually you do the transferring yeah. for me, thankfully. I mean, <laughs> every flight ends up being how much files? Give or take, it can take about um, two hours to upload everything, organize wow. it, and that's just one flight. Making sure that everything uploaded properly, that we got everything that we needed. Um, but even the file size, like, what's the total file size? Like when we do a folder. The file size now is probably 250 to 350 gigs per flight. Unbelievable. So, yeah, we have to buy a massive drive and realize that there, there's all these monetary, these hidden monetary things that come with it that people don't realize instead of just, oh, I can do the YouTube thing. I'm going to throw a camera up and, and watch me fly. And don't get me wrong. Some people do that and it works for them. But it's not instantaneous to everything. You have to understand. You have to buy the editing footage. It's to even operate the plane. It's the prep work. It's him having me on hand who's unpaid. You know, there's he has his own personal assistant it's since fantastic. he doesn't know he doesn't know how to turn cameras on anymore I because have I have 
So, <laughs> so you're saying for all the teenagers out there who want to drop out and go be a YouTuber, there may be more to it than you realize when you watch the finished product. There huh? definitely is a little bit more behind the scenes than just what you see on camera. I definitely say, I tell everyone, I'm like, do it because you want to do it. Don't do it because you want to be a YouTuber. I, if I, it's still weird for me to say I'm a YouTuber because I, I typically don't and I don't like the term influencer. I'm just Christopher who who I'm not even Baron Pilot. I'm just Christopher who puts out stuff on Baron Pilot. Um, it's a separate entity in my my brain. It's I separate the two. But um, it you know I just say do it because you want to do it. Don't do it because that's what you, your goal is. It was never my goal. Uh, I've told this story a hundred times, but. When I hit 500 subscribers on the on Baron Pilot, I literally thought I won the lottery. <laughs> like that was I, I never in a million years thought 500 people that I don't know are ever going to subscribe to my channel. And it's weird because I'll meet people all the time who who tell me they're going to start a YouTube channel and this is they want to be this. And don't get me wrong, you know, God bless them. I hope I wish them nothing but success. But it always scares me when that's your intent because. It's my whole issue. I have a love hate with social media, right? Like, it, yes, I benefit from social media because I like to promote what I love, which is aviation. But it, it's not who I am. It doesn't. It doesn't make or break me. If Baron Pod didn't exist, I'm still Christopher, and I would be doing exactly what I'm doing right now: flying the Baron, talking to anybody I can, and trying to get people to, to get into aviation. Nothing's changed, um, except I get to come to, to you know places like this and do podcasts and you know get invited to hang out with cool people from sporties. But other than that, it, it's nothing really has changed. Um, and so that's what makes me nervous when when I hear people that this is what I want to do because it's the intent. Your intent should be you just want to put a video out and whatever happens, happens. And if that's your intent, great, by all means, do it. But um, yeah, I mean, and even just talking about the file size, you know, back to the question was that's not even shooting 4K. Mm -hmm. So that's 250 gigs shooting in just regular, you know, HD 1080. So now with everything going 4K, if I start shooting in 4K, you know, that would be probably, um, yeah, it'd be probably, you know, 500, 500 gigs per video. You can see how quickly all that adds up. So, and so that's just transferring it. And then by the time you, you go and you, you edit all that, I mean, it can be, I usually will spend probably about close to a week editing a video. And, um, and then at some point, Sometimes I, I need to walk away from it and then go back to it, um, depending on what it is, especially now, like with the series now with the storytelling, I definitely have to walk away from it and then come back into it and watch it. And then you learn what what you're constantly learning and you're constantly evolving what the viewer wants. Um, the thing with YouTube is that um, the attention span on YouTube is not like Netflix or any TV. The, it's fast. You know, that people will, will lose their attention really quick. And so now here you are um, having to learn, like look at analytics and figure out, you know, why aren't people staying? So sometimes your storytelling changes to how you really want to tell the story because you've got to keep their attention. And, um, and so, yeah, it, it, I would say at the end of the day, a video is probably at least a week's worth of work to, really, to release a video. Well, speaking of fast, we always end these episodes with a little fast round of questions. We call it ready to copy. So I'll throw out some questions. You give me your quick answer. We'll go back and forth here, uh, Kim and Christopher. So are you ready to copy? I think so. Christopher, what is the best thing about the Baron? Ooh, it's reliability. 
Kim, describe your first solo in five words or less. Terrifying, overwhelming, humbling, proud. <laughs> yeah, one more, one more. I know. Um, accomplished. Very good. Christopher, you said earlier you used to have a Mooney. So can you give me a Mooney versus Beechcraft comparison? Can you put it in like car brands or beer brands or something like that for us? Oof. Um, the Mooney is definitely the sports car. I would say um, the Mooney is like a foreign sports car. I mean, it's, it's strong. It's fast. Um, that spar is unbelievable. Um, I, but Beechcraft is Beechcraft. I mean, you, there's, you know, there's nothing built like a Beechcraft. So, um, God, how would I put that in cars? That's a good one. Wow. So, uh, I would say the Beechcraft is kind of like, uh, an Audi or Mercedes in the terms of you've got quality, um, and comfort where, the um, the Mooney is more like the the just a pure sports car. Yeah, it's a little tighter, but it, it is it is solid. It is you know that single spar. It is it is that little Porsche on the road. Kim, in addition to being pilot in command now, you've logged a lot of time as a passenger, like we've talked about. So, what's your best tip for being a helpful passenger in a GA airplane? Spotting traffic, helping hold the iPad, pointing out ugly looking clouds what can a passenger do that's actually helpful to the pilot something that a passenger can do to help a pilot is um turn on the cameras (laughs) 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 make sure the batteries are in um i would definitely say if vfr flight then spotting traffic especially in condensed areas um, otherwise, maybe doing some CRM and taking over uh, radios. Christopher, you have an infrared camera on your Baron, I believe. <laughs> Displays on your multifunction display, which is kind of rare in piston airplanes. Should more pilots have this technology? Are you a fan of it? Someone's been spying on the airplane. That's what I gave her parking out front. Um, I am a big fan of it. I think... Um, I think it definitely can be useful, especially especially at night. I think it's huge. Um, it's hard to see. You know, yeah, I mean, it helps you find, you know, it helps you see the, the runway, the airports, animals, that kind of stuff. You know, when you're in the clouds, you're in the clouds. IMC is IMC. It, it doesn't do anything for that. But um, when you're trying to find the airport or just look down the runway, things you can't see, um, it's going to see it. And uh, so, yeah, I'm definitely a big fan of it. I'm interested to hear from both of you on this one, but we'll start with Kim. What is the biggest mistake most people make during flight training? Not keeping your hand on the throttle. Um. (laughs) At least they'll point that out in the comments, right? (laughs) Shocker. I see you've been reading the comments too. (laughs) Honestly, I would say not keeping an open mind and understanding that not every instructor is going to be the one. Um, Knowing that you didn't fail if you choose a different instructor or want to see if somebody else works better with you. Um, Not everybody meshes well, whether they're friends or not. It's 
some people's training just doesn't go well. And that doesn't mean that you're not succeeding. That doesn't mean that the instructor failed. It just means that you need somebody else to maybe think outside the box and help you succeed. Great, great answer. Couldn't agree more. Christopher? I'd say enjoy the process. I think my biggest regret looking back on all my my training back, you know, private instrument is I was so concerned with getting my pilot's license, getting the instrument rating, getting all the ratings that I didn't enjoy the process in the moment. And so as hard as that is to do because of all the stress levels, um, I think if you enjoy the process, it'll make everything that much better and, and address some of the things she's talking about where things aren't failures, you know, you're, it's okay. You know, just, just enjoy the moment because you, you only do it once. Our last question on pilot's discretion is always the same. You have one final flight and we want to know what are you flying and where are you going? Kim, you want to start off? I'm passing it to him first. Christopher, what's your answer? One final flight. What are you flying? Where are you going? Well, it'd have to be a jet. I don't know. There's just nothing like jet flying. Um, not to take away from the piston because I love my Baron. I would, but I'd say in in a jet, whether it be a the Lear or, or, I mean, I'd like it to be a single pilot airplane, ideally, but that limits it. Um, and where I don't know. Um, God, I love Europe. I love Italy. Um, I don't know. Wouldn't matter. It's just the farthest place possible, just so I can make this the flight last that much longer. Fair enough, Kim. Well, before he said it, I was going to say um, go into the Citation Mustang because it is single pilot, but it is still fun to fly. And then I'd say just, I don't know. I've never been anywhere, so I don't know. Hawaii, because the plane can't make it. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a memorable last exactly. flight. <laughs> exactly. Kim and Christopher, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you for having thanks us. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to Pilot's Discretion, brought to you by Sporties, training and equipping pilots worldwide for over 60 years. For more episodes and helpful links, visit sporties.com slash podcast. And if you have comments or guest ideas, email podcast at sporties.com. I'm John Zimmerman. We'll see you next time on Pilot's Discretion.